The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. We've had some really good episodes going on lately. Guy Tripp. Yeah, we've been giving it our best effort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he did the, Guy Tripp did the built motors for Duramaxes with us. And then we talked to Clint Cannon from ATS ATS. about emissions equipped twin turbo trucks for Cummins. And then Nick and Chris Emke, they just did that drop-in turbos episode. That did really well, huh, guys? Yeah, I've had a lot of phone calls from it. Yeah, absolutely. So keep them coming. Uh, Listeners, if you have any topics you'd like us to cover in the future, please shoot us a Facebook message. We'd love to get them. Uh, We do currently have Shane Kellogg, six-time national champ on the books. Dang. Yeah, that was a big one for Danny. He he got that one recruited in. Uh, We're going to do an in-depth review of LML Duramax performance and really kind of try to get as much detail involved in what looks like is going to be two to three podcasts just about that one topic. So just trying to get you listeners everything we can. Uh, but this week, I'm really excited. We got driveline and suspension mods for sled pulling with Tony Burkhardt. How's it going, Tony? Oh, just wonderful. Just wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Tony, you know, uh, Danny and I started talking about sled pulling topic probably about two months ago, and we got a list together of all the guys we wanted to interview and everybody we wanted to kind of get involved on the sled pulling topic. And when it came to suspension and driveline, he, he literally just looked at me and said, well, of course, dirty hooker diesel. Duh. <laughs> so you, you obviously have a good name for the driveline and suspension mods and the sled pulling, and we want to get as, as much about that topic out of you as possible. But first, tell us how you got started in diesel performance. Uh, well, I, I bought a pickup, and uh, a few guys told me, oh, you got to chip that and put an intake on it and uh, exhaust, and let's take it pulling. Well, it's been downhill ever since then. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, can you give us a little bit of an overview of your history in sled pulling? Uh, so I start with a local pull, and, and with those few mods, the next thing you know, I'm hooked. Um, at the time, you know, it was a lot of work with uh, Bully Dog at the time because there wasn't a whole lot of choices out there. Uh, Bully Dog, PPE, um, and pretty soon, I, you know, I'm paying close attention to uh, setup. I mean, that's, uh, you can spend all the money in the world on a motor or, or uh, all the money on tires or all the money on a truck, but if you just don't have it set up proper, uh, it's just not going to get down the track. So paying a lot of attention and doing so uh, in the past few years here, I'm an eight-time um, TTPA points champion um, in the diesel class. That's uh, pulling association up here. And... Uh, Currently, I'm running with uh, PPL, TTPA, and uh, MTTP. So I, that's a I whole lot, lot of letters. Yeah, that's the whole alphabet. That's why we're <laughs> having you on the show because you are the man on this. So absolutely. Hey, as you go to these events, one of the things we always kind of wonder about are what's the stuff you shake your head at? What are the what are the big mistakes you see rookies making all the time? Well, uh, for the rookies, a big thing is is uh, seeing a truck either with just a leveling kit on the front and sitting proud and sitting high. Uh, usually don't sit so proud, eh, 150 foot or so. I, I can pretty well see just as soon as they start going that this is not going to end well. So, <laughs> Okay, so suspension setup is probably the biggest mistake people make, huh? Yeah, that's the first thing, yep. Right out, right out of the gates is, is suspension setup. And I'm like, oh, man, if you would have just called me, I, <laughs> I could have helped you, walked you through, just to save yourself a whole lot of repairs and damage to your truck. Um, 
I'm not going to charge you a million dollars just for some advice. You know, <laughs> I like to see I like I like to see guys successful and not uh, not break and and have fun at it. Uh, if they don't have fun at it by blowing their front end out the first time they pull kind of discourages them <laughs> tony's apparently the only guy who goes to sled poles to not see carnage i like it i like it there's one nice guy in the crew right <laughs> well, I, you know i i run enough trucks i do enough poles that i don't cheer for the carnage uh, even though uh spectators you know it gets a little crazy when spectators see something spectacular and and uh i've been a part of that a few times but uh <laughs> but usually the carnage comes from those guys that print out the picture off your website of the piece that you fabricated and they try to do it in their own shop and they broke whatever and <laughs> like trying to oh, you yeah. know replicate parts and uh for my advice i tell them just to go to the website and order man well i always say if if you're a fabricator yeah doing do-it-yourself fabrication makes a lot of sense but if you're not probably should just turn it over to an expert i like that well you know one of the uh, our most commonly sold part uh is a is a pretty simple bracket but uh it's for the steering in the front but you know we've had six probably six different revisions to it just always trying to make it a little bit better so uh just looking at a picture and saying oh i can build that and throw it on there doesn't mean you always get the same results <laughs> everybody's truck's different that's true that's true yeah. okay you had mentioned the suspension being one of the the common mistakes that guys make what are some solid recommendations you would make to a work stock puller on what he should do with his suspension well <clears throat> there's some some quick easy things some tie rod sleeves uh we always recommend our steering brace uh, it's inexpensive and e- very easy to install. Um, lowering the front torsion bars all the way down, making sure you don't have uh, uh, a, a leveling kit installed in the truck. Quite often, those leveling kits uh, automatically. I just, just if you got a leveling kit, just leave it parked in the driveway because it looks pretty there. Don't don't bring it out <laughs> to the pulling track. Um, why is it? Why why do leveling kits cause such a problem at the track? Well, the the leveling kits um, there may be one out there that might drop the the differential and the steering and stuff like that, but it increases the angle of the tie rods from the spindle to the center link. And when you have an increased angle on that linkage, uh, you can just picture it. Uh, in four-wheel drive, it, it wants to tow in the tires because the tires are pulling in. And with that angle on that, that tie rod, it wants to pick the front of the truck up. So the more it picks the front of the truck up, the more the tires want to go in. And so usually uh, horsepower and, and uh, geometry and everything else wins, in, uh, <laughs> but not the puller. Right. So I tell people to go with the solid center link and reduce that, you know, motion of that center link being able to rotate up instead of now you can just go left to right. Well, with straight center links or we have our steering brace, which has been very successful, and we run that on 1,200 horsepower trucks, um, and it wow. works awesome when it's set up properly. So it's a $150 brace, um, and you still maintain your steering geometry um, on and off the road, you know, with with the factory center link. So, I mean, we've had great, great results with that. And like I said, I run that on 
on my twelve my own twelve hundred horsepower trucks and um you actually see less tow in on the Duramaxes than when you do on a Cummins going down the track with them using those braces wow. properly. Yeah. Properly. Okay. That's the key. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a key factor. One, <laughs> you know, the other thing is is uh I, uh, and I say a kid goes out and buys a truck and he does a couple hole shots. Well, after he's, once he's done a couple four-wheel drive hole shots, he's already bent some front suspension parts. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter what you put on there, whether you put my brace on, whether you put a straight center link, it doesn't matter. You're going to continue to have carnage until you go right back and make that front end 100% straighten out the the steering support bracket or the i'm sorry the idler arm pivot bracket you straighten that out weld the gusset in get that front end back to where it should be then you can have success with uh the aftermarket parts but uh if they go out and spoil it first uh you you chase your tail forever trying to get keep that thing together you know i'm really glad you brought that up i think that's a pretty common problem that guys run into to where they've already gone out and they've abused the truck and they've already damaged something but it's not damaged so much that they know it all they know is they say well it worked great yesterday and i put this part on today and now i'm having x problem and a lot of times you do need to go back and diagnose well what's the root cause of x problem and that's a real standard thing as we get into pretty much any any diesel performance make sure you start with a good foundation and speaking of good foundations if i'm brand new to sled pulling tony where should I get started? What's the first kind of round of mods I should consider? Uh, well, <clears throat> you know, if you're just getting started in it, quite often, if someone calls me and asks me that question, my first question or my first question is going to be, "What would you like to do with this truck? What do you see in the future?" Let's work around um, the future of the future of your truck and that'll help me help you decide what parts to get um again kind of you know if you're just going to do a work stock and uh, local pulls whatever you know quite often uh, just uh, uh spring clamps some tie rod sleeves uh center link brace in the front um that usually gets the suspension wise going pretty good um so if, you know, it, it, that works pretty good. If they want to move up to a 2.5, well, then we start talking uh, the billet slider that we have for the front axle. You're going to need all the drive shaft hoops that we have, uh, traction bars. We also have uh, rear suspension stops, and we have front suspension stops for the dedicated pullers that works awesome that's that's a mistake that i see some people do too is on the front suspension they try to install limiter straps let's hold that front end down Mm -hmm. well that's not the way to do it you end up bouncing all the way down the track with the front wheels coming off the ground and that uh uh, that's not real pretty that's uh, just waiting for parts (laughs) to come flying out well that's what the crowd wants to see (laughs) yeah yeah, i know i know i know we're supposed to round up spectators right that's they want to see it we got to give it to them that's stuff that's that goes back to that question you asked about shaking your head when you go to a pole and you see a guy with a ratchet strap 
uh, and his A arm. You're like, dude, what are you doing? Oh you know? yeah, we do we do get to see some creative uh, DIYs. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, I'll tell you that. Okay. Well, hey guys, this has been a great get getting started to our episode. But real quick, let's take a second for a commercial break. Hi, this is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. We're breaking new ground in the turbocharger market with our Stealth series. The Stealth 64 is a perfect replacement for any stock turbocharger on any year Duramax. The 64mm compressor wheel adds at least 80 rear wheel horsepower on a stock fuel system while maintaining stock drivability and excellent spool up. The Stealth 64 also helps maintain lower EGTs under heavy loads, especially useful for you guys pulling. If you're looking to upgrade or replace your stock turbocharger, Check out the Stealth 64. Perfect balance between power and drivability in a drop-in, stock-appearing turbocharger. For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com or give us a call at the office at 815-568-7920. And now that we're back, Tony, I wanted to dive right in and start talking about maybe some specific examples. So if I'm running in the 2.5 class with an LBZ and I'm thinking about stepping up and going unlimited or I'm thinking about... I want to eventually build this truck to be totally balls out. What kind of steps or what sort of sort of preparation should I make for that? Uh, well, it's really going to depend on where you, what you have to start with, um, what mods you've done already. Um, you know, running in the 2.5, uh, again, um, suspension stops front and rear and a and, uh, little beefing up on your hitch in the back. Uh, making sure you got a good pulling hitch. I mean, that's a simple, simple mistake some people you see do with uh, uh, your tractor supply hitch and a clevis in the back. Um, you mean that doesn't you work? Know, that, <laughs> nah, that gets you from point A to point B where usually that hitch breaks and, and then the sled operator is not very happy and neither is the pulling association. But, uh, um, you know, someone could get hurt. So, I mean, safety runs a big you know it's a big thing in this this whole picture um so you know with that safety is making sure you got adequate drive shaft shields uh trans blanket um trying to round some of those things out you know you're getting up to five trucks are going to need um better axles uh in the rear um you know we have some 300m rifle drilled Axle shafts and uh, some pretty stout spools, uh, you know, to help drive them tires. Uh, billet yokes for in front of the the rear axle. You know, you see quite a few drive shafts blowing out or the yokes breaking. Um, you know, when those parts break, it doesn't get you down the track. So right. And what do you recommend for U joints for most people? Uh, for most, you know, if if you're working with uh, an LBZ 07 that that most commonly has a, uh, a 1410 in it. You know, you need to really recommend moving up to a 1480 on on the yoke and and drive shafts, um, or I should say both ends of the drive shaft. Move up to a 1480. Um, Why is that? It's just not quite the 1410. Just isn't quite strong enough if you're going to start putting a, a thousand horsepower on it um yeah just you need put, to have a little bit more beef in there you put a napa u-joint in one hand and that 1480 in the other hand and there's a noticeable weight difference 
Oh yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's all we use is is uh, Spicer U joints. Um, for you know, for the pullers, we'll use a non-greasable. Um, you get those greasable U joints, and you just lost a whole bunch of strength in the in that cross. So, and that's yeah. a big myth too. So I'm glad you said that because a lot of guys think that having that grease fitting is going to prolong the life of their U joints. They're going to be able to service them, but it's actually the opposite. Yeah, it's uh, when it comes to the pulling world. Um, what's a what's a thirty dollar U joint? You know, every couple of years, or you know, to, <laughs> to swap it out. Uh, when you when you talk about smoking an eight hundred dollar drive shaft and you know losing a pull, so uh, them thirty dollar uh, the Spicer U joints are priced really well. So for sure, and they're they're the best out there for as far as I'm concerned. That's awesome. Speaking of losing a pole, I I was watching some social media the other night and explain to us what happened to your truck, Tony. I mean, that sounds like a rough night. Uh, when I uh, grenaded the motor. Yeah. How many poles? I like how he just. I like how he asked. Like, oh, there might be something else that Danny's asking about that <laughs> that was significant. So yeah, blowing the motor, Tony. What happened? Is, is is that the one you were talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that. Uh, it, well, it's that truck has just been a monster. I mean, it, it's just been running so good. I, I just thinking about it right now is giving me goosebumps because I've been I've been impressed how well it's been running and uh, got down to the end of the run and I had a uh, fuel line, uh, high pressure fuel line that decided to break off and blew fuel all over my motor and at the time that the brake that fuel line broke um the rail pressure dropped uh cylinder pressure must have spiked through the roof because it kind of blew the side of the block out and with my solid you know my filled block um it blew all the freeze plugs right out of the block there's oh my god filled filled with concrete you know and it blew all the freeze plugs out there sat my truck at the end of the pole i mean i put 35, I think it was 35 foot on everyone else in the <laughs> truck sitting at the end of the pole there with the puddle of fuel and and all the freeze plugs. It's kind of you, you know, once you won, you can you can let out. But that's one of the. I don't know if anybody told you that. I know you've been doing this once or twice, maybe. But uh, well, that's that's weak. That's real weak. <laughs> right. The video though, you, know? you couldn't really tell that you broke. You know, you lost the motor is because you pulled so far and so well that hook. And I was like, you did what? I, same thing. I thought. Yeah. I thought it just snuffed out and like yeah. ah, whatever. And yeah, it wasn't that bad. That's why when I was reading the comments, I was like, fucking blown. Are you kidding me? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, first I, uh, to be honest with you, I jumped. You know, I tried restarting at one start, jumped out, and. uh I seen fuel and I seen freeze plugs. I thought, oh, it was just a CP3 pump. I blew a CP3 pump apart, you know, no big deal. I didn't pay attention really real close to the size of the freeze plugs. I get back to the trailer and crank it over and, oh, it's blowing fuel out there. CP3 seems to be fine. And loaded up on the trailer and I noticed that the crankcase vents had oil. My truck never pukes oil out the crankcase vents. And I'm like, um... This don't look good. <laughs> and uh, we get tearing it apart. I'm thinking, you know what? Those freeze plugs, come, I, I thought maybe they come out of someone else's truck. Uh, no. <laughs> you no, hold, they were out of my truck. Open, yeah. 
I was hoping. So I how many hoping. hooks did you have on that big motor? Uh, it seems to me I get about 20 hooks and I and the block's junk. Oh, my God. What class do you pull, Tony? Uh, the PPL, uh, they call it the uh, Pro Street. Okay. Um, 3.6 Charger class. So they're all 1,200 horsepower plus trucks then, right? Uh, they're all 1,800 plus. Oh, my bad. I didn't yeah, even want to rob you guys of 500 horsepower. Yeah, you dang Jesus right it's your bad. Nice. Yeah, the th- the 3.0 uh, straight bore class, which used to be the 2.6. Right. Th- those guys are right in that 1,200 horse. You know, they could... Uh, 12, maybe, the, you know, the best guys might get 1,300 horse, but that's... Uh, but, uh, yeah, these are the three six. You're all up in that 1,800 horsepower. Um, and pulling PPL, I mean, my truck is, I think my truck's the only one in PPL that actually has DOT tires yet. <laughs> and uh, Why is that? Why yeah, haven't you, you swapped over to some cut tires or something? Well, yeah, that's a long story, and we don't have enough time for that tonight. But... Uh, uh, these are secrets, so I, Paul. These are secrets, <laughs> man. Well, it's next year. PPL is not going to allow a DOT tire. Really? Not if so they, they hear this episode and you know <laughs> talking about how much you're, you know, how well you're doing. I mean, you put 35 feet on top of competition with cut tires and similar horsepower. Yeah. Well, these were lo- these are a little more local pulls. When I go out to the nationals, um, you know, I haven't won a national pull with this truck with the DOTs, but I've been up to third place, and it's, it's funny. I would park uh, this one time I parked next to a, a Dodge guy, and he's like, why do you have the Duramax? You know, that's crazy. You should just put a Cummins. You know, it just doesn't work. And That guy. And DOT, he was giving me a little bit of a hard time, you know, rubbing me a little bit, and I'm, that's fine. I, he can, I can rub back, too, you know. Um, so after the pull, and I think I put about 10 foot on him. He didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm butt like, hurt is strong with this one. <laughs> yeah. Let's, you want to talk about me not running the Duramax motor now, you know? So, um, but uh, kind of laugh. You don't, I don't know why these guys, some of them are a little sore, but uh, I, know, I just go out and have fun. That's a, that's a big thing. Go out and have fun, put on a show. Um, the crowd loves it, and it's it's something different. This big truck has been, like I said, I've just been impressed. It's just been running awesome for me, and and it's not my biggest truck. I do I am working on a mod truck. Uh, it's been in the works for a little while, and uh, can you tell us a little yeah, bit about it? No doubt. Can't, can't drop a little l- yeah. little teaser like that on us and not give us any insight. <sighs> yeah. Well. There's a few things, special parts we're looking for, but it's a billet aluminum block, um, Duramax, so we're yeah looking at running a cast iron head on it, uh, you know, triple chargers, and be out there with the boys, running with the, you know, the Kuslicks and, and uh, Kyle Michael and that, so having fun with them boys, so. I am looking forward to that. No kidding. Oh, I am too. I got, you know, chassis chassis done and the body's done. Um, just been waiting to dial in the, the rest of the details on the motor. Um, you know, the rotating assembly's done. Wait, the, the heads is a big thing. Um, 
be nice to have it out next year. Everybody we talk to with high horsepower trucks, the heads are always the longest part of the project. Remember we were talking to Jamie and Brian Spooner with um, Blown Smoke with that blown Hemi motor into Duramax heads. and Theirs took, I think they said, a year to get the heads in for that. And then I know with Nick's uh, big Cummins truck he's working on, he's got that triple S500 regular cab, super long bed. And that thing, they're still waiting on. Well, I don't. I think they're done with heads. I think they're waiting on some some pistons and things. But it is always the motor that takes the longest, huh? Well, the, well, the head, the heads, or the head is the yeah. powerhouse of your motor. Yeah, fair enough. And I've I've actually been waiting four years on heads. So, <laughs> so um, we're hoping we can seal that up here right shortly. Nice. Well, I'm excited, and man. I had, can't wait to see it. We've had, you know, little issues. Uh, um, with heads on the 30, uh, the 36, uh, it's actually uh, called the cheap hooker. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Wag- Waggler's got me some uh, kick-ass heads. They've been uh, holding up awesome. Um, you know, they they seen how the truck runs. I mean, they've been doing an awesome job. So with the Waggler heads and the Waggler intake on it. Yeah, I've been seeing those more and more on pretty much any of the high competition sled pulling trucks. Everybody's running the the Waggler, the Brodix heads, and uh, yeah, they really seem to be a, a difference maker out on the track. Yeah, there's been a little rocky road with it, or a little rough road to go. But you know, as anything with with this stuff, uh, you're on the cutting edge, and um, you know sometimes you might bleed a little bit, and and until uh, you get it figured out, but. Uh, we got her dialed in pretty good now. I mean, that's sled pulling, though, isn't it? Like, shit's going to go wrong. It, that's the only guarantee you can make about going out for sled pulling for a night is something's going to go wrong. It's how quick can we fix it is usually the question. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, little things go wrong, and I, you know, I have a little bit of a crew of guys that go along and help me, and, and they get upset, and people get upset, and I just I just smile, and I say, well... Let's get her fixed. Well, uh, got to be at the next one, you know. That's, that, <laughs> there's no sense crying over spilled milk. It's not going to go back in a bottle by itself. So, <laughs> You know, I am a little disappointed, though, Tony. Every Friday or so, you would post on Facebook your deals of the week, and I would always look at them, you know, on different forums. And I, I look forward to that. It'd come through my phone like five at a time. I'm like, man, Tony's at it again, you know, with the posts. And lately, uh, I don't know if you've been busy or you've been slacking, and you haven't been making any posts. Listen, What's the deal? Listen to Danny calling you out on the podcast. Yeah. Jesus. Hey, I look forward to um, seeing the deal of the week, you know? Yeah, there's, it's uh, uh, mixed emotions on that. Um, and we've cut back a little bit in trying to uh, maybe stretch the deals out. and not, not quite so many, but let's give a guys uh, a week to look at it. Um, uh, round up some money and and do the purchase. Uh, and I know we were doing those flash sales, and uh, some guys weren't prepared or didn't know it was going to be coming. So I, uh, we're trying to rethink it. You know, try to get the guys to to uh, think about the sale we have going on. Um, you know, we're talking big money on some of these parts, and and uh, not everyone can just uh, spare the moment make the purchase or and it may not be perfect timing for them but if we can give them a little bit of time to think about it um i think that's been a better deal yeah the, tony being a nice guy again caring about people unlike danny apparently hey i was <laughs> caring about his business you were caring about you and getting a deal for the week huh hey 
I pull, you know, I get to pull the clean sweep. It's already got the dirty hooker diesel hitch on it and the bump stops. I'm already set up. That's so. true. True story. Awesome. Well, thank you. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see you uh, purchasing products from me. For sure. Yeah, man. That's that's what we use the company card for, Tony. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Tony, before we get wrapped up here, I did want to know, what kind of advice would you give to somebody brand new to sled pulling? Well, advice to give to someone run brand new sled pulling is take advice from someone that's been sled pulling for a while. That's a usually good way to put it. Usually they've done the stupid things and, and let, let someone else pay for the stupid mistakes and, and learn from <laughs> from the people that are experienced at it. That's awesome. And you can watch. The other thing is, is watch. Before you take advice from anyone, see how their truck does out on a pulling track. So don't, don't take advice from the guy that's last place every pull. But, uh, <laughs> don't take advice from Danny. Get somebody who wins. Right. So. That's like golf. You know, you don't want to golf with the guys that stink. You want to golf with the guys that are better than you. Yeah. Right. You know, you learn stuff. Yeah, Same deal. Enough. You know, but as far as social media, we're kind of talking about that. How can people get a hold of you? Oh, there's uh, all kinds of different ways. Uh, uh, they can... Uh, they can call the shop. Um, What's the number over there? 989-479-0444. And we have a, a pretty good crew here to help with anything uh, on that. You know, if you're calling in, uh, or you can go uh, look us online at uh, www.dirtyhookerdiesel.com. Not to be confused with DirtyHooker.com. Turns out that is a different right, website I found right. in my research. You know, and that's, that was a... Uh, or they can email us at uh, Tony at DirtyHookerDiesel. Perfect. Uh, a lot of people have my cell phone number. I help them out that way. But, uh, you know, one of those things, picking out a name for a business. Have, have any of you guys forgotten... Uh, the name of my business at all? It's actually, I, I know it. Do you, Danny? I actually know the name of the business. DHD? Wrong. Incredibly wrong. It's All Seasons Diesel oh, Performance. Oh, yeah, it is. I should have known. I've seen that on my credit card statement a couple of times. <laughs> well, we, we have switched from All Season to actually just Dirty Hooker Diesel. What? The DHD. Yeah, yeah, so you are wrong. Paul. I was way wrong. Boom. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. I hate to beat you up on your own podcast, but hey, um, I was right. He was wrong. I don't care about him. <laughs> the Dirty Hooker Diesel DHD have all been um, really catchy. Um, you know, trying to have a name that someone's not going to actually forget when you tell them Dirty Hooker Diesel, or they see it and they're like, "Oh, that sticks in their mind," you know. Um, so we've been. I love that. You know, you look at uh, ATS, that's a pretty good abbreviation to remember, really easy, or PPE. So we want to have that DHD right alongside the rest of them. That's easy to find, easy to remember. Any stigma towards it has been washed out because now there's the Scandinavian hooker, the lazy hooker, the southern hooker. Like everybody kind of, I, I don't know if all the hooker names were around before or after Dirty Hooker. But there's so many of them now that I just I have a hard time thinking of people get offended. Have you ever had anybody come in the shop and have anything to say about it? A little bit, and then once I've explained where how the name come about, um, kids wearing my shirts in schools. So well, my kids don't have any trouble because uh, 
teachers know I'll come in and have words with them. But uh, <laughs> some other some other students uh, tend to have a little issue with it. So we have kids' T-shirts that just have DHD on it, you know, nothing that says actually Dirty Hooker, and, and uh, that's all fine, you know. And I'm thinking, boy, if they only knew what their kids were saying in school, uh, Dirty Hooker would be nothing, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Tony. I really appreciate it, man. And thank you. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com. I bought a pickup, and uh, a few guys told me, oh, you got to chip that and put an intake on it and uh, exhaust, and let's take it pulling. Well, it's been downhill ever since then. (laughs) 